I'm Sadek. And I'm confused about domains. So Okay. So you, you know, we 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 own two shades brown.com. Or you, I guess. I, I don't own anything actually. What I, I, I have no property. You're the one with the ASN. <laughs> like you're you're the one with the ASN. I, I know how it works. <laughs> if you want IPv4 blocks, your boy here got it. I still don't understand what that really means, but that's besides this tangent of a point. So Shades of Brown is technically the name if you search for it in iTunes, Overcast, um, Spotify, theoretically. I don't know who owns that in there. Uh, Google Podcasts. And so this morning, when you know, we were preparing for the show notes to open up the CMS, I had gone ahead and went to shadesbrown.com instead of twoshadesbrown.com, which as far as I've been aware has been a park domain forever and never has loaded anything. But today, it did load a uh, adult site. And you know what? I support it. I support it. If, if I would just say, um, you should if you're you on like a work computer or whatever, don't don't open don't do not house. visit it. Open yeah, it's, incognito. It's, open open incognito. Open it on whatever. your phone. Open, open it on your phone. Personal devices. Like live your live that life. But um, yeah, you know we share the same brain space now with a um adult of uh, they. I don't know if I I just opened it, looked at it, and closed it. I didn't examine it too much, so I think they're an OnlyFans competitor for women of color. Whatever they are, you know what? Fuck it. Hell yeah, brother. I support it. Uh, also, my name is Christian, and this is episode 180 of Shades of Brown. And um, today, we're really examining our our problematic behavior. I think life really choices, to, yeah. yeah, life choices, <laughs> problematic behavior. Starting with the fact you gave Nintendo money, Sadik, and, and we need to talk about why. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, I bought I bought uh, I bought the new uh, what are they calling the OLED dock? Right. This is the new like the second edition of the. Doc, I guess, of the Switch uh, doc, to be clear. Uh, I got it because I literally wanted to put the uh, put Switch on Ethernet without using a dongle. Like, literally, that's that's literally why I, I got, got the dock. Uh, I, I just I just didn't want to use a, a dongle, a USB to Ethernet dongle, uh, to connect the Switch to Wi-Fi to to Ethernet. So I bought that. Uh, it works fine. It took a week to arrive because Nintendo shifted by the slowest. Shipping method possible, which is pure later ground from Vancouver. Uh, so, so there's that, but it, it is here and it works. And the device is off the Wi-Fi network, which is what I want. So that's, that's, that's my, my reasoning. I think it was not a terrible decision to, to be, to be honest. Uh, so, you know. So I guess my first question here, um, to, to really go into your, your doc habits are, is is it also slow as fuck when you run a speed test on it? Like, did you do you do any monitoring of it? How bad is it? Because I know you have fiber, so it's not your network that would be the cause of this, right? It's not your net. It's not my network. I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, this is the. This has always been the problem. Last time we talked about this, it's because I don't know if it's Nintendo speed test server or if it is something in the USB bandwidth, but I'm pretty sure it is the speed test server. Even because even if this was. Uh, even if this was like a USB 2.0 to Ethernet dock, Ethernet port, right? Or if it, even if it USB 3.0, it wouldn't be lim- you'd be getting like oh below 100 Mbps. I think it's just the just the Nintendo speed test server uh that is rate limited. Um, right, right. So, so it 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 it's, it get, it still gets slow speeds in the speed test. I think that's just because of the. CDN or whatever they're using for the speed test server is is not it's either rate limited or has other issues. So so there, there it's the speed test is actually not very indicative of uh, probably actual speeds when you're downloading stuff. So you know keep that in mind with the with the Nintendo built-in speed test. Uh, <laughs> just so you're aware. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, but otherwise the dock works fine. Uh, I, it's it's what it's whatever. Uh, I. I I knew it was gonna it was gonna be worth it just to get, because the switch is Wi-Fi. 
is literally like so for context i bought a re- recently i bought a, a new wi-fi uh access point to replace my uh ubiquity uh access point which is which was a wi-fi 5 access point right ac uh so i, I bought a tp link um uh, uh, access point the tp link is one of tp links like sort of business class uh products uh and uh, it is a Wi-Fi six access point, uh, which I have, which basically every device that's within range of the f- of five gigahertz is basically either on AC or on on uh, either on Wi-Fi five or Wi-Fi six, which is AX. Uh, but the switch is literally the only device that is on fucking eight hundred two dot eleven NG, which is not good. Which I don't know how to put this to people. Like I don't, re- I think I don't think people realize how old NG is at this in technology terms. Like how old are the scale of Wi-Fi tech 802.11 NG actually is. It, like 802.11 NG was back when like it was like we weren't even calling it like Wi-Fi four or five or six. That's actually a pretty recent, uh, recent thing by the I think the Wi-Fi Alliance or whatever it's called. They have they they changed the naming scheme to. To make it quote unquote simpler by by changing it to like eight or two like Wi Fi four Wi Fi five Wi Fi six right so eight or two uh, like dot eleven like is is like is is just very very slow like it's like seventy two Mbps I think is the maximum theoretical length speed uh, which is just for a device that is sitting. Literally less than a meter from my access point uh, is is quite frankly unacceptable. So, well, I mean, I should say surprisingly, and I think the engineers at Nintendo put a lot of hard work into matching that performance with their LAN port. <laughs> oh my god! We're just I, I I I feel like dunking on the switch's networking is just like become like one of the uh, like additions to the stations around. Bingo it's a cards. very specific dunk that really doesn't matter to anyone. It but does, us. literally doesn't. It literally <laughs> does not matter to ninety nine percent of people who use the Nintendo Switch, because ninety nine percent of people don't care about as, as long as the games download in a reasonable amount of time, and the, they can place like Mario Kart in, in, without without issues. The people do not do not give a shit. Can we right? actually just talk for a moment about how? well mario kart's online works i have a theory i have a theory that for mario kart it this is the reason why it has long load times if you ever like you know go between matches is because none of it's happening in real time i have a feeling that there's like a delay because it's like car data right so it doesn't matter if it's in real time you can have like a 50 millisecond delay from one person to another as long as the client right the cars are all synced there if nothing's skipping or jumping for the person playing it doesn't matter how far it is off from the actual server so I have a feeling there's like intentional delay to make up for the shit Wi-Fi to make it more a more of a smooth experience. So so to be to context, for Wi-Fi uh, 802.11n was like formally ratified in 2009. Uh just just to like you know give you an idea of like how old the tech is in this. Uh I mean 2009 was a good year. That was the last time a good Ubuntu release came out. So hey, you know, that year has some things going for it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it's uh, well, the Wi-Fi. Like, so I, I will like say this: if you are a person who uses the uh, who uses uh, the switch mostly in docked, uh, for, for like docked, dock method, like you're not using it handheld. And buy a have, dongle for twenty dollars. Buy no, a dongle. Do not don't recommend not, I'm, I'm, buy this dock. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying for people who don't do not want to worry about. Buying dongles, just get the OLED dock. If you're really, if you're really concerned with like you know having trouble with, or if your Wi-Fi situation is not great, which is possible, like if you're like in an apartment building and uh, it's like for some reason it's a 2.4 gigahertz instead of five, like you know just just get the just run some Ethernet to your uh, to your like sort of home theater setup and and put a switch there and uh, connect the Eat the connect the network switch to the Nintendo Switch. God, I hate I hate that. Well, you know, luckily too, even if you have a dongle that's failing, right, for your regular Switch stock, 
luckily, you know, what most Ethernet, uh, USB Ethernet dongles about gigabit max, you know, throughput. And given you get about, you know, 100 down, less than 100 down of the, with the switch. You have a you have about a tenfold factor of of headroom for it to fail right before it actually becomes noticeable. True, and, and USB to Ethernet dongles are quite reliable. Like to be honest, they're pretty old tech at this point, and they're pretty they're pretty much a solved problem. Like they like I've been using like the dock the the, the dongle I had for the switch it was a, do- a dongle I bought like in probably like 2013 or something when I like to use with a with a MacBook like an old MacBook Pro. Um, and like, it still works perfectly fine. Like it, it was one I bought from Amazon. Like you, these, this USB to Ethernet dongles are pretty reliable at this point. So if you're, if, if you're like buying one, just don't have to worry about too much about the, them being shit. Okay. So that is our little corner of dunking on Nintendo, but also dunking on myself <laughs> uh, a little bit. <laughs> Uh, so I want to talk about something cool for once. So like, you know, something that actually is not, uh, not something to be dunked on, which is, uh, so NASA's Perseverance rover, uh, which is one of the rovers that is currently on Mars, uh, captured a video of, uh, solar eclipse on Mars from, uh, we have video footage on YouTube. Uh, it, what had happened, it, the, la- the eclipse lasted over a little over, 40 seconds, which is, which is pretty short because the Mars's moon, uh, one of Mars's moons, Phobos, uh, is very, very small. Like it is, it's about 157 times smaller than our, our moon. So. Yeah, because in that one Destiny mission, you only had a very small area to explore. In it, so I, know. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to make this. I knew you were going to make a joke about Destiny because I knew that like, Phobos is a thing in, in Destiny. So yeah, Phobos uh, is, is a very tiny moon. Um, and it, it, so you can see it like pass very quickly in the video footage that you have. It's actually very good video. They're using this, uh, they call it the Mast Cam Z, which is the camera that was used to Apparently, this is like a next generation camera system. Uh, like a, it's, it's a, it's an upgrade from the one that was on the Curiosity rover. Uh, so it can, you know, it can, it can, it can zoom. So, and so it has a zoom lens, I guess. Like, you know, uh, so it, the footage is very good quality. And I, it was, it's just really fucking cool to see video footage of a solar eclipse happening. On a planet that is not ours. That I think just that's just really fucking cool. So that I like from a technology perspective, from just like we did a cool fucking thing as humanity uh perspective, you know, like that is actually like a cool thing. Uh and a fun fact about Phobos, by the way, Phobos is Phobos will Phobos is actually eventually gonna crash into Mars because its orbit is deteriorating at a very slow rate, but it is deteriorating nonetheless in uh, in about, it's not sure exactly when it will crash, but in tens of millions of years, uh, Phobos will actually crash into, into Mars because its orbit is deteriorating. Uh, so that, there's a fun fact about Phobos. Uh, I'm sure none of, none of humanity will be around to see Phobos crash into Mars, but you know, uh, good to know that at least. Our, our moon will probably crash into our planet beforehand. <laughs> I mean, uh, not, not if we like wipe ourselves out with uh, with uh, nuclear weapons. So. Yeah, but um, you know, fuck Elon Musk, obviously. And now, speak going from one kind of wife guy to another kind of wife guy. Smart home wife guys are very sad this week, as uh, or actually, it's been the past month. I want to say it's not really been specifically to this week, but um, a company called Insteon, which made smart home devices, shut down, leaving a lot of people capital F fucked with their smart home controls. Yeah. Yeah, the, so Insteon is a company that makes like all kinds of stuff. Like they make like like controllers, right? Like sort of like management devices, management service, like sort of like a cloud service. Involve Insteon is a company that has been around for a long time as well. It's not like it's not like a startup. Like it's it's not it's not a startup. So it was like everybody was a little bit like surprised that like it's it just like and the thing is this is this is the weird thing is. Not only did it shut down, not only did their, to be clear, not only did their service shut down, like the cloud service and all of it, like the company just shut down. They did it without any warning or like any announcement or any sort of cool, like sort of 
period of like they are like like we yeah we'll we'll shut down in a couple months. Here's the timeline. Uh, please, uh, we're sorry. Please, please, please look, like look into these other alternatives or. Uh, like you can use a home bridge to control your instant devices now or whatever right like how google does right like google will be like hey we're turning off your nesting in two weeks get fucked we're sorry though but at least they give you a two-week notice, at least you know? at least google will tell you like yeah fuck off right you know but like instant just like they just they just the company just over the weekend just fucking shut down uh and then then people noticed uh that like Instion CEO Rob uh, Littleness uh, scrubbed his LinkedIn page of information, so he he removed the, the CEO role from his from his LinkedIn page, and then he then he then he deleted his his entire LinkedIn account, and then it is just like everybody was like, "What the fuck just happened? Like, why did the company suddenly shut down like this? Like, why did the CEO?" It scrub his LinkedIn page. Like that just looks shady, right? Like if, if somebody scrubs their LinkedIn page in this way, like especially if you're a CEO of a company that's been around for a little bit, like that just looks like you did something illegal. Like that just see that seems like you're covering some tracks. Uh so I I was just like everybody in I feel like in the sort of the smart home community, sort of the smart home news sphere. Uh, everybody was, uh, everyone was uh, talking a little bit, you know, a lot of people had like the entire home systems built on Instion because Instion has been around for a little bit. So people, people were using their products. Uh, thankfully, uh, as a, just correct me if I'm correct, it, it doesn't actually like for most people who already have their Instion stuff set up, it doesn't actually affect them because it only affects the cloud functionality. It doesn't affect any of the local functionality because that stuff, once it is set up, the controller sort of works locally and not doesn't need to reach out to the cloud to perform. Well, and it depends on how you're doing it, though, right? Because if you had the HomeKit style one, well, that's all local. So it really, it's one of those, some things will work, others don't. It's very dependent on your configuration. So for most users, probably the basics were working for them. But the bigger issue was, People are like, oh shit, my smart home is thing isn't working. Well, let me factory reset the hub as a troubleshooting step, right? That that was the problem. And when you did that, it needs a server to activate, as most things do. And now there is no server to activate towards. You are now given a brick. I mean, thankfully though, the people at home assistant did set up like a little local proxy thing. I mean, that you can set up to fa- get it back up and going after you factory reset it, which shouldn't need to exist. But you know, luckily that does exist. Uh, because you can basically do a home assistant sort of point the IP address, most likely some kind of like proxy thing looking through their steps here. And and that'll get it to go ahead and, and reactivate. But it's still the the big issue here is, A, the company's behavior was shitty. But more so, this is the bigger issue of cloud-based smart home devices, where having everything route to a central server in general is a bad idea. Like I think we talked about it last time when we were talking about my router situation and why I'm so hell-bent on using HomeKit devices. Is because, right, all my HomeKit stuff is actually forced to be on the local network and it works perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, I, uh, this is, it's not even just as a, I, I just, from a reliability, from a network design architectural perspective, stuff like this, stuff like home automation, home management, home interface, like things that interface like this on an, on a, some sort of networked basis inside your home should be local first. It should always work over the local network. And if there is a power outage, if there's either internet outage, the devices should continue to work as they did before because all the communication is happening over the local net, whether it is over Wi-Fi or it is over some sort of, uh, what is this, so low... Uh, Zigbee, Thread, you know, some other protocol. Thread, one of those like like home like automation protocols, right? Like those those sort of standards. So it should be local first because not only does it reduce, not only is it more reliable, it's also faster because you're not relying on a cloud service because reaching out to a cloud service involves multiple steps, right? You're me. It's 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 like. You're making a DNS query. You're making you're 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 making HTTPS call to the API, and then you're waiting for the API to return a return an answer. 
So, or even worse, right, for the voice input too. Let's say you use it a smart speaker. There are some that, you know, send the voice clip to the cloud, server processes it, and then executes the command. Not, not even having the command be sent, but the voice, you know, clip, then the whole chain beginning introduces even more latency. So I, I, I for any, I don't know if you have any listeners who are Insteon product users, but if you are, I, I put a link to the Home Assistant blog, uh, project, the project's blog has a, post for Insteon users and what you should do if you are one of the people who have been affected by this. They have a whole like guide to like you know, like sort of like get used like you, you can get get like your Insteon network sort of your controller uh like back up and running so you can get your devices back online. You know, like so things like that. So if you're if you're if you're not worried about like, you know, your controller might die or whatever, like look into look into home assistant. Because the Home Assistant project is honestly fucking incredible. I gotta respect their like sort of uh, like I, like they just like they do. It's not just Instagram. They do all kinds of uh, like if uh, Home Assistant just interfaces with all kinds of like you know uh, smart home stuff. So it's 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 really an incredible project. So if you do if you do have a smart home stuff going on, you should definitely look into. Uh, home Home Assistant. Yeah, and with that too, I think there's a couple other things we wanted to mention where. Like, you know, we, we always say that we're talking about HomeKit being local by default. Uh, of course, you know, I imagine there's many of you who probably have like a Raspberry Pi home assistant. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some like more open source, you know, things you can get that I, they're probably very DIY like, but you know, I, it's, for turning on lights and stuff, there's probably like some, you know, open source switches you can get for that stuff that you can like. Probably. I mean, it's, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's literally an electrical switch. Like it's, it's not, it can't really make that proprietary. I mean, you can, but like, you know. Like, right, but what I'm saying more is like, you know, imagine some of our hardcore Linux gamer, sorry, Linux gamer uh, folks are probably doing that. I mean, if you're a Linux, if you're a Linux nerd, you sh- you're probably already using Home Assistant, right? Because, yeah. Right, right. With like some sort of like Raspberry Pi bridge and, and all that stuff. But what I would say to those who maybe are not, even because Google and Amazon do support some form of local control, it's just opt-in and has, it is not like by default. So we have links actually to the Google developer page, some Amazon support page on this and you could turn on some form of offline, but it doesn't, you don't get the full feature set. So honestly, even if you're someone who doesn't like Apple stuff, buying like that $300 iPad as your home hub and then doing HomeKit stuff and just keeping it mounted, even hell, put it on Ethernet. You can get a lightning to Ethernet and power pass through thing, right? Like, that's probably a better idea than buying a bunch of Google or Alexa stuff, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, everything else is shit for, right? Like, like you know, Alexa and, and, and the uh, Google Assistant are better for actual, like, information voice control stuff. But, you know, the one the one thing that Siri does well, everything else is shit, but the one thing it does well is turn off and on the lights. That that command at least doesn't fail. Everything else, though, is absolute shit show. But, you know, for that, like, I would say get an iPad, wall mount it, put it on Ethernet, right? And then do your smart home stuff via HomeKit. Even if you don't use Apple stuff for anything else, probably probably the way to go. Probably a better yeah. Like it's just uh, it's sort of this. This is one of those things where I think Apple's like whatever wherever they started doing the HomeKit design stuff, like they they really focused on the local sort of aspect of it, and I think that's like the way to go. Like that's just like better in. I mean, that's what Matter is going to be based off of, right? Like it's really picking up the local DNS stuff that Apple does with it. Yeah. So like local, like this stuff should be local. There's no reason. I mean, there. I mean no good reason for it to like you could provide a cloud service as an add-on like a web dashboard right for checking your thermostat or like an app right on your phone right that for for remote access right that's fine as an add-on like a value add but uh, first and foremost it should work locally like if you are at home on your local network you should be able to turn off the the smart switches or whatever smart devices you have so, like, I think that's just, it just, from a technical perspective, from even from a, even from a company's perspective, it's better because if a company, no company can guarantee a hundred percent reliable uptime all the time, 365 days a year for their cloud services. Literally nobody will make you this guarantee, right? Uh, so it's better for, for this company as well. They're going to be like, Hey, we provide this cloud service, but if it if it goes down, you can still you can still start just like turn off your switches locally. Just the remote functionality will be down. So that's like it's better for the company as well in long term, to be honest. Um, and so I mean, 
this Instagram story is just like sort of reaffirming like at the end of the day what 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 is important here is that the local stuff is buy, buy the stuff that's like works locally because you don't want to be dependent on a cloud service that can go away and literally anytime. Uh, like Echo B, for example, if you if anyone's looking for brands, I believe all the Echo B stuff is HomeKit compatible and runs local. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of options there. But um, now speaking though about you know me being right about things, I have a this is a lightning round, a little, little lightning lightning round. I call I am right. Joseph is right. So first on our little lightning round here is the HomePod Biggie has appreciated in value, <laughs> which is yeah, which is not I mean not surprising I guess. Um, I, I think it's not surprising because the Apple stopped selling it, right? Apple is, uh, Apple did a, like a final run stock sale, right? And then they stopped selling it, right? So, so you can't buy it directly from Apple anymore, right? Uh, is that like, uh, am I wrong on that? Yeah, there's, there's no longer, you can, like, if you, they do still the warranty service on it, of course, but, but they can no longer purchase them. And, you know, I, I think we, we've poured many out for many things on this show, right? There's Windows Phone 7, there's the big home pod. Um, there's your, you know, the, the, the jokes dunking on your graphics card. There's many things that we've overplayed, but I still hold this original home pod. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good value. You know, I am, I am okay calling a $300 speaker a value product because other $300 speakers don't sound as good. Everything else about it though is bad. Like Siri is just bad. But, um, you know, if I ever, I guess I could just flip my home pods if I ever wanted to. Um, cause these, I have shit. If I just want to make a grand easy sell so, them for 500. Uh, yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like if you buy these, like, I, I don't know how long Apple's going to keep like supporting the hardware. Seven years. Okay. Seven years. Yeah. You get, you get seven years support window after they stop selling something for warranty stuff. So, you know, Hey, I'm not sure about software. Software is a whole different story, but at least for hardware, it's about seven years. Yeah. Software is, I mean, I'm more concerned about the software to be honest than the hardware. Because it's at the end of the day, it's a speaker without many, without really any, many moving parts other than the speaker parts, and like I assume, like unless the like the power supply fails or something like that, like uh, it's, it'll probably be pretty reliable. Yeah, at the end of the day, it'll just be an AirPlay speaker, even if the other stuff fails, right? It'll still be an AirPlay speaker. Right, that's true. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. So that's a uh, number one thing I was right about. Number two thing is I sold my phone and bought a mini phone. You know, just we don't got to go big into it because I know Static already has a timer on when I'm going to regret the mini lifestyle and he can go fuck himself with that. But um, small computers are the best computers. Um, I am. I, you know, took the money from the from the 13 or sorry, from the 12 Pro Max I had and bought a 13 mini. I bought it in the Starlight color. I like how off white it is. It is actually a nice shade of white. And, you know, small phones are great. It's I can, you know, one hand the phone. I can type with one hand. And um, yeah, that's all. All I just want to say is that you people who buy big phones are weird. You're the weird ones, not me. And next thing on our I am right is I was right that the glorious PC gaming race brand was bad. You know? Yeah, it's bad. No, I, I agree. Like, it is not a good brand. I, I, I agree. That's, there's nothing to disagree with. I, I've always thought their market, like their brand. Well, I, I guess I should say for context, too, if people don't know, there was a brand of pc there's a pc peripheral company called glorious pc gaming race which is a play on the master pc gaming race which obviously has nazi connotations and now they're renaming themselves to um glorious which i mean i guess out of all the words to pick pc gaming like you can't call yourself that glorious race mm. gaming race mm. pc race mm. you know like that's the just don't use what just don't use the word race. Just 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 do not just just leave that word out of your branding. Just just, just a pro tip for any people who are starting a new company, just leave that one out of especially out of your out of your branding. Just 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 uh Well, I mean if you're if you if you're like a racing car company, that's the only time that's okay to use the word race in it. Oh, that's the only time. Yes. So you can you can you can yeah, that's a different like in that context sure. Uh but in this in this specific uh so we're bringing this up because I have a I have a product from Glorious. I've had it for years now, like literally, like this is it's not. A, I've had their I've had a, one of their uh, Model O uh, mice uh, that I have been using for for for, for a while now, and brand, like yeah, branding is shit. But it was literally the only mouse that was like really comfortable for me to use. Uh, so that's why I bought it. That's literally like it's it's about the ergonomics, maybe. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I've I, 
the jokes I have to make, I guess I won't. But, but another thing we can we can crack on though is, um, did you see at the bottom of this Verge article where ROG put out a a uh, invite to what they call the Predator Gaming After Party? Which, um, yeah, that that's uh, yeah, I yeah, okay, uh, Asus and Acer, both of you, both of you, please, please, for the love of God, stop using branding like republic of gamers predator like just just stop like it's it's just not like it just makes you seem like it just it just makes it looks corny man i just want it just corny like i don't even know like if it's like it's just tone deaf and corny like just like republic of gamers is is not good it just sounds just extremely corny uh I say this as someone who has literally a Asus ROG monitor sitting on my desk in front of me. Please stop. Okay. Uh, Acer Predator is even worse. It just, that's not a, like, why would you, uh, whatever. Like, it's just not good branding. Like, just stop using the Predator branding. Like, it's, it's not, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I know who this is supposed to appeal to, but you should not be appealing to those people. And so please just, please just, I'm sure your marketing people are have great ideas of what else you can use. Just just stop. Well, honestly, too, I imagine it's probably one of those things where the marketing for it is because right, these all these companies are headquartered in China. So I imagine right how it translates over to the U.S. one, sort of like how Nintendo of America right is really only a marketing arm for Nintendo. They don't actually do any dev product work, and I, I imagine there's not much say if for the people in the U.S. who probably want to change the name. I don't like. I actually, I don't think most marketing folks are dumb, right? Like, I don't assume that they are ignorant to it. I think they, for the, I'm pretty sure they're very much aware of it. But how much say do they have, right, in actually changing it? Let, no, I mean, let me let me be clear. Like, marketing people rarely, uh, like marketing people are not always to blame. I'm most of the time they're not to blame for this kind of shit because this kind of shit always comes from higher, higher up in the chain, food chain. And if you're a marketing person, you're literally just doing your job here, uh, which you know. That it is, it is not. You can't really blame like some marketing person for putting out this press release or 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 predator, like naming the predator gaming after party because they have to keep it on brand. You know, like they gotta they have after party, but so what do we call it? We gotta call it predator gaming because that's our brand. Well, like as a marketing person, you're kind of stuck there because the brand already exists. You you have to keep using the brand. So it's like it's just like I'm not blaming anybody except, except yeah, <laughs> like for the folks out in China right in headquarters, it's probably just a cool word predator. Like it's not. Since it's translated English, a predator sounds cool in in out of context with literally everything, but like in in context with the world, like in the world people live in, and in the context of hashtag PC capital G gamers, like uh, it doesn't sound good. So you know, context context matters when it comes to branding. Um, I'm sure, Mark. And PC gaming was a mistake. I think that that that's okay. simple enough. I mean, that's, that one is a little. I mean, okay. Let's let's just move on. Like that's fine. Whatever. Speaking about bad branding, though, actually, I think I think to to move on to the next little bit we got here. Um, so Meta, the company formerly known as Facebook, has a you know an app store in the Oculus. Sorry, MetaQuest now. It's no longer the Oculus Quest. In the MetaQuest, they have an app store, and they take a thirty percent cut, like all other app stores, even though they're fighting in, in the legal sense to get Apple and Google to stop doing their 30%, but their 30% is fine in, in the Oculus Quest. Yeah, but so basically, they're adding, you know, the ability to monetize things in Horizon. Horizon is their second life app. Um, Horizon's very racist. Every time I used Horizon when I had a, an Oculus, sorry, MetaQuest, heard the N-word at least four or five times. Hard R, too. A lot of hard R's, which is even worse. I guess, well, they're both bad, but I... I mean, if I had to pick my poison, I guess I wouldn't want the hard art. I don't know. But um, so they they are now adding the ability for creators to sell digital goods, those sorts of things, you know, basic, you know, uh, Roblox style marketing in, 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 in Horizon. And the issue is they are taking a cut on top of their existing cut in the Oculus store. <laughs> so it's... Wait, hold up. So like, so it's like you're, you're playing a 50% cut then? Like, is that so literally- Oculus Quest store takes 30% like every other app, app store. But if you sell something in the Horizon app itself, Facebook, nay Meta, will take 25% of that sale. So if you sell, if you purchase something through an Oculus Quest, in the Oculus Quest app Horizon, which is owned by the same company, Meta is taking 45% of that total payment. Jesus Christ, dude. 
as as the show notes say, this is a MLM meta level marketing scheme. Oh my god! Yeah, it's I. I mean, I'm not like this. None of this is surprising, and it's not surprising that Facebook is hypocritical. Like that's like the least least surprising to thing to happen in 2022. Uh, like yeah, obviously they're against Apple like doing shit against the, like charging a 30 percent tax because they want more money. Like this. I've, I'm going to bring back the point. I, I said, I'm pretty sure I said this back when the whole Epic versus Apple versus Google thing started is that none of these corporations actually care about you. They only care about themselves and their shareholder value. And this whole fight is not about consumer choice or freedom or any good of the consumer it's literally so that these companies which make billions of dollars a year in revenue can make a few more billions of dollars a year in revenue because that's that's what they need to do that's how that's how capitalism works uh like that's literally like just i'm just saying this because some people are like yeah it's hypocritically obviously i mean yeah none of these corporations actually care about like your well-being like that's literally that's uh, a corporation is not your friend i'm just like that's 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 the that's the end of my sort of mini explainer of capitalism i guess uh so you know though if we had to put this in like a meme format you know that one meme photo of Obama putting a, a, a medal on himself? Yeah. <laughs> it would be this. So the 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 first Obama would say 30%, and then the Obama putting the medal on it would say, you know, the one having the medal put on him would say 25%, and and, uh, and the bottom text would be ARPU. <laughs> ARPU gone up. For, exa- for context, ARPU is average uh, revenue per user. Revenue per user, right? Uh, so that is like, can we, you mentioned ARPU, so I know this is not on the topic list, but uh, we, w- both of us forgot about this, I guess, but Netflix had a event happen, uh, over the past week. I don't know if you've heard about, uh, Netflix's, uh. Oh yeah, I think Julia and Jason were talking about it on Downstream, right? Loss of, loss, loss, yes, on Downstream, they're talking about Netflix's loss of, Survive, uh, not survivors. <laughs> so, Jesus, bro. <laughs> bro. Subscri- Listen, I did not get good sleep last night. So, yeah, that's that's the side side effect of that. Uh, the Netflix lost. I forget what the uh, exactly subscribers two hundred thousand, I believe subscribers. So Netflix lost two hundred thousand subscribers in the first three months of twenty twenty two, which. Re- re- when they announced this news, uh, their stock took a steep, steep drop. Uh, and, uh, so people have been like sort of theorizing is that Netflix has been focusing on quality over quantity, right? So, uh, not quality of, oh my God, I really, I'm messing things up. Quantity of shows over quality of shows. Uh, and they have been focused on uh, like average revenue per user. In new markets and not existing markets, they've been focusing growth on ex- like new markets where there's not Netflix isn't that much. So they're announcing uh, to off sort of offset this growth loss. So sorry, sorry, this, this loss in subscriber base is they're they're announcing a share, like a ad based tier, right? Ad supported tier rather for for people who don't who don't can't afford or don't, don't want to pay their subscription fee, which. Turns out in some countries, it is Netflix is already too expensive compared to the rest of the offerings on the market. In the US, it's too expensive. It's 20 fucking dollars for their 4K tier. Yeah. Yeah. It's expensive. And people are increasingly, increasingly, people are just saying, why do I have Netflix? I'm not, I'm not, like, this is not worth $20 a month. Like, like, for example, a YouTube premium family plan is cheaper than Netflix. Um, you could, in theory, get HBO Max and Apple TV Plus. For the same price as Netflix, you can get Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, and Crunchyroll for like the same price as Netflix. It is for what Netflix has, and for specifically for the the amount of back content they have, which is now mostly new stuff, right? It's like all the stuff they're making is new. They don't have like existing shows, like you know, like Friends or it, it's like streaming really is as much as as much as we say that we all want a diverse set of artists, which I think we do. The way the world really works, it actually most people don't, right? Most people really just want to listen to Drake. Sadly, 
you don't listen to Drake. Listen to Redville. Uh, look up Learn to Swim on Spotify, Apple <laughs> yeah, Music, great I album. I but listen to the new Most Pusha people T don't want to yeah. listen to independent artists. They really just want to watch Friends while smoking a blunt, which you know what? Fair. But because of that. <laughs> look, I, yeah, I mean, this is, this is the thing where, uh, there is actually like, Strong competition in the streaming service market, right? As you as you mentioned earlier, Crunchyroll, right? You mentioned uh, YouTube Premium. Uh, I, I, w- I would not call Crunchyroll strong, but yes, I get your point. <laughs> I mean, like, there is a lot of like competition for your money, right? Like, because it, because in this market where these services are month to month subscriptions, where people can come and go at any time they please, right? Which means there's a lot of churn in the market, right? So people, all these services are always competing with each other. Very, it's like, it's like a feeding frenzy, like a shark feeding frenzy, because literally, like all these services are always looking at their user numbers and like they're looking at how much churn they have, which is users signing up and then canceling, right? Like that's the churn. Like the churn is high because these, these are month to month subscription services. There's no contracts. You're not. You're not, you're not on like a two year, one year contract with Netflix or whatever, right? You can cancel whatever. Uh, so churn is happening. Netflix is because of hashtag capitalism. They, they thought they were going to keep growing at a rate that is unsustainable that they realized that the, that all of these streaming services are, are, if they have not realized already and are going to realize like Netflix just did is that the growth that they saw over the pandemic because people were staying in at home and all they were doing is watching streaming services is not going to keep happening because that's literally like that phase of the pandemic is over. The pandemic is not over, by the way. I'm just saying that phase of the pandemic where people do nothing but stay home and watch streaming services is, is over. Uh, and people are not going to like, people are going to look at the list of subscriptions and see Netflix on the list, and they're gonna be like, "I'm I'm not watching anything on Netflix. Netflix doesn't have Friends. Netflix doesn't have Seinfeld. I don't know if Netflix has Seinfeld or not. By the way, no, it doesn't. No, it does. It doesn't. Netflix only really has Netflix original shows now. Like, so because- if you're not watching any Netflix original shows, you're like, why am I even subscribed to this? Because for a long time, Netflix was not like cheap enough where you would be like, I'll keep this subscribed to this because you know, hey, I might want watch the originals, watch a movie, watch a Watch one of the TV shows that come and goes, you know, a cartoon or whatever. But now it, you're not really because thinking of that because if you have kids, you probably the subscription service you probably want is Disney Plus, right? Like you don't like the stuff that you your kids want to watch is probably on Disney Plus. If you're like a Marvel or Star Wars person, also Disney Plus. If you're a Star Trek person, God forbid, in the U.S. you need Paramount Plus. Uh, it's Paramount Plus, uh, or if you hate watching Halo, <laughs> oh, if, if you're watching Halo for some reason, uh, of a you're, it's you're us. Bra- we're for we're, we're some reason. We're some reason. <laughs> if you're like a Halo nerds that are watching the Halo TV show on Paramount Plus, you know. So there's a because like especially in the US, there's a lot of streaming service competition, right? Not not in the rest of the market. To be fair, in Canada, it's a little bit different. We don't have as many streaming services. Uh, like Paramount Plus doesn't exist in Canada, by the way. Um, so. Uh, like you know, there's a lot of competition, and people are, people are like, I, if I'm not going to use it, I'm going to cancel. Right. So, and that's what I think Netflix is seeing. That Netflix is realizing that HBO Max, Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, all of these things are just coming for them like real hard. So it's 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 happening. Like this, as Nilay said on this week's Vergecast, this is this is what a this is what a competitive market looks like. Uh, and everybody forgot. What a competitive market looks like, apparently, in the tech sector. Uh, so that there, everybody's like surprised, but this is just literally like how capitalism is supposed to work, uh, it, it technically. But so that's our, uh, I guess it, it sort of became a topic. Uh, I, 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 it's, it's an interesting topic. Like, uh, if you want to hear more uh, for people who are more qualified than me and and Chosa about this specific topic, uh, TV streaming services, please go. Listen to the podcast that you mentioned downstream, which is a podcast with uh, Jason Snell and Julie Alexander. Julie Alexander is is as a long time was a journalist for a long time is now an analyst. Uh, she knows this industry very very well. So if you want proper insights, go listen to that. Uh, that's my podcast plug for 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 this for this episode. Uh, 
Let's talk about we mentioned Halo. Let's talk about Halo Infinite. <laughs> oh boy, I, I I I don't know if this makes me sad or I'm just like at this point I'm just so used to Halo as a franchise being mediocre that I I literally at this point I'm like yeah yeah what what else what else uh what what yeah this is what we expected <laughs> this is what this is what we deserve apparently is is the mediocre Halo Infinite uh well. Mediocre is part. I mean, is mediocre harsh? I don't know if it's harsh. I I think it's. Let's just say three four three is really really struggling to make a live service happen out of Halo. Uh, that's that's literally the that's the sort of gist of the situation is that they released uh, uh, update post April twenty two to two update post on the on the Halo Waypoint blog, uh, sharing uh like what is going to happen with season two. Uh, which is going to start for uh, start May third, and the roadmap for season two and the rest of the year. So, what uh, what what do we expect? What are the like big highlights for for this roadmap? Like, I'm looking at the picture here, um, and um, uh, oh boy! So let, let's start. Okay, so we get a brand new battle pass. Oh my god, god! And then we also get two. Once again, the season is six months from May to November. Two new maps, Catalyst and Breaker. You also get the Forge Open Beta, and you'll get the uh, Interference Alpha Pack, which is a great opportunity for players to be able to purchase new skins. Oh, my God. With competitive play-to-earn mechanics. Um, And I... I so the one thing that is is the thing people are looking. I guess some people are looking for is is campaign network co op, right? Which is arriving supposedly in late August, right? That's the target that they set in the roadmap is that campaign network co op, two player co op, presuming is 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 coming in in August. So um, at this point, I feel that's. Like, this is one of those things where, yeah, it's good that this is coming eventually, but this is one of those things you have at launch because the interest in the campaign is going to, like, I feel like significantly drop all these months after. Like, the people are not going to be as interested in that feature as they were when the game came out. So, especially for, especially for a franchise as, like, co-op, like, where co-op is, like, a big deal is, is in Halo, is the, you know, not shipping campaign network co-op at launch was i mean we we knew that the game came in half-baked and we were optimistic about the state of the game and when it came out right we were i think we set the bar so low like we had our the bar set solo both of us right as for the halo sort of franchise as a whole that when halo infinite came out we were like very optimistic and very positive on the like sort of the situation of the game and even if it even if the campaign was obviously half-baked the game was half-baked the multiplayer situation was half-baked everything came in real hot like we were still optimistic that they were gonna able to figure out but turns out there's been staffing issues at 343 studios right is that correct like there's a well i've mentioned this before but microsoft because of existing labor violations has a policy where contractors can only stay on for 18 months, which for an ongoing, for game studios, which love contract work for better and worse is a problem because that means you have to restaff people every 18 months. And of course, the obvious solution would be, why not just hire them as employees? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that's another why, digression. Why on, would on that's, that's, uh, do you, how long, how, do we have two hours? No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's like another capitalism thing. But yeah, so Steve for three, is short staff right like like this is the problem is that with a live service game it's a it's the key word in that phrase is live where things are like continuously being updated being changed being refreshed being and to be like I, i'm gonna say this like up front i think some of the live service models are obviously unsustainable they move too fast i'm gonna give examples of Fortnite. Where we had an issue with crunch culture, obviously. We gotta give uh, another example of Warzone, right? Which Activision Blizzard, as we all know, is 
has shit labor practices. Uh, one other live service, like probably, I don't know what the situation is over at Respawn, but Apex Legends like that, it seems a little bit like, you know, overly focused on monetization in some ways. Uh, like live service in some ways is like, can, can be good for like, it's, it's not like 100% a terrible model, but the only game that I've seen handle live service in a healthy, sustainable way is Bungie with Destiny 2. The way that they have... With Final Fantasy 14 is what I would say, too. I I mean, I don't know enough about Final Fantasy 14's development cycles and, like, details on, like, the situation at Square Enix to really comment on that, but I I just I just gave Destiny example because I know we've talked about, De- like, Bungie's work practices and the way they are handling delays, they're handling content, they're handling labor, basically. They're, how they're handling their workforce in a way that's sustainable long-term when it comes to maintaining a game as a live service, right? Like as, as an MMO or whatever you want to call it, as a live service. And Bungie and Destiny 2 seems to be the model one should try to uh, like sort of emulate. And I don't know if Bungie relies a lot on contract workers or not. I actually don't. I mean, I assume they have contract workers, but I, I don't know if they're vast. Well, they've been staffing up internally. Like they're posting. Like they've recently announced they're going mostly remote first, and they want to staff up with actual employees. Yes, that's that's another thing to mention is that Bungie is going with a policy where the jobs that they're going to be having are going to be remote first, and that means that you can you don't have to be in Bungie's offices uh, to work in, in the company. Right, and and I should say it also took Bungie like eight years to get here. Right, like it took a very long time before they actually got it right. That's that's yeah that's fair. Like live service is is like you're not gonna get it right. Uh, like just straight out of the gate, especially for a studio like three four three, who has not never done a live service game like this, right? Like a model like this where you have a battle pass, where you have seasonal content, where where people expect the content continuously. They are just not used to this kind of model. Like they're just not. Like they're it's just. It's very clear they were not ready for this. <laughs> it's, they were not ready. They were absolutely hundred percent from a staffing perspective, from a just from a methodology perspective. Like they're just not ready for this kind of game, and it shows. Like it, it definitely shows that we're getting two new maps, and those are two, two new maps we're gonna have for the rest of the year. Uh, that's it. Uh, meanwhile, I mean, Apex Legends is not giving you new maps, but they are continuously su- having new events, new t- game modes, new co- like cosmetics. Even and Apex Legends cosmetics are honestly pretty good. Like I gotta say, even if if it shit costs money, shit looks pretty good. Like their their the cosmetics uh, stuff is pretty good. And I I don't know about you, but most of the cosmetic stuff in the battle pass for Halo Infinite is is just. It's just not it, bro. It's just, I, I I don't know how to, like, even, like, I, I want to use Destiny 2 as an example again. Destiny 2's battle pass system is much better and gives you better rewards for playing the game than, it's less grindy as well, let me put it that way. Like, Bungie's uh, sort of the battle pass leveling system is much more generous with the levels than, than Halo Infinite's slow as fuck the battle pass leveling system. Uh... Also, everything you do in Halo or Destiny goes towards the battle pass, right? Whereas in Halo, it's just multiplayer and like specific challenges. Whereas in Destiny, you play the campaign, you get you know battle pass points and get XP. You you play public events, you get XP. You do Crucible, you get XP. You literally, this is uh, literally this is the like Destiny has so many uh, modes of play where you can earn experience and still like and level up the battle pass. That it doesn't feel like a grind because you have all these activities that you can do. Whichever activity you prefer, like some people prefer Crucible. I'm sorry you prefer Crucible, by the way. Uh, but you prefer Crucible. You you can play Crucible all day and you can level up the battle pass, right? Like that's the, You can do that if you really want. You can play raids. You can play strikes all day. You can... You can, uh, you can just grind enemies. You can do uh, bounties. You can... Uh, Literally so many event, like so many activities, like Gambit, you know, like so many activities in Destiny 2 that you never feel like you're, it's, it's really a grind. 
right? Like Destiny's Battle Pass never felt like a grind to me. Like I, I don't enjoy grindy stuff in video games personally. So when a game starts to feel real grindy, I just like I just lose interest really quick. That's that's how I felt about um, Halo Infinite's Battle Pass. Like I bought it at the start of the season, and I ha- barely have played it. Played leveled it up because it just takes forever and they force you to do challenges like specific ways of play to get uh, get XP and XP you get is so little and it takes so many matches to level up like a battle pass and it's just like I'm like this is this sucks bro this this not it like this not enjoyable I you know what I did over the past week I install it I reinstalled Overwatch bro because I was just like I know Overwatch doesn't have a battle pass, but if the gameplay is more rewarding moment to moment than Halo Infinite right now, like it's just—I I mean, yeah. If you need to pick one boring game versus another to play, I'd probably play Overwatch over Halo too. Yeah, like Halo, like I, like I like gameplay wise. Like I, the gameplay is still not like I still maintain the gameplay is, you know, really good, but it's not enough to just keep me in the loop, right? Like just keep me playing as as a multiplayer game. So it's just not as interesting i like i want some new maps i want some you know new game modes yeah it's like oh boy. i i hope it gets better i really do like i'm not here to like say that you know 343 is doomed halo infinite is 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 doomed as a game or whatever i'm just like like slightly less optimistic about about the situation than, than other people um uh, and you know uh, let's hope for the best with with halo uh i don't know if you have anything else to say about about this uh, Halo situation, uh, can we talk about the TV show for a little bit? Is that is that what we do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta make fun of the TV show. I have okay. nothing else to say about this. No, game. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can read the post if you want the details on what's in the Infinite uh, when the, the April uh, the May update, I guess. Uh, so let's talk about the Halo TV show, which which is on Paramount Plus. Uh, so, um, <laughs> you know what? I know you said this uh, said this in the in the group chat last uh, yesterday. Uh, this is this is the TV show we deserve as a, as a Halo community. <laughs> it really is like honestly, it, it's very representative of the state of Halo, the Halo franchise as a whole, which is uh, mediocre. Uh, to, to to put it uh, okay, okay. I, I, let, let's start with the good stuff first. Okay, so what's good? Uh, I I like the actors in this show like all of the actors and the performances that they're giving are good i think everybody's doing a great job the chief is a good interpretation of the chief the chief is a very good interpretation i also think his armor looks pretty good uh, i think i think the armor sets that they have in this in this in the show for master chief and the other marines uh not other marines other other spartans like they look look pretty good uh the uh, some of the storylines are interesting. Like, for example, the storyline with Kai, yeah, I think is pretty cool. Uh, but downsides, the, the, the CGI in the show is, uh, how do I put it? It's a little, it's, it looks cheap, right? Looks a little bit budget. Uh, the budget seems a little bit low on the CGI. Uh, the Covenant look okay. Like, I, they actually don't look terrible, right? The grunts, they, they didn't fuck up the grunts. The elites are the most jank. They didn't fuck up the grunts. Uh, the jackals look fine, right? Uh, there was jackals in the latest episode. Uh, the jackals look, look okay. Uh, the brutes look a little bit. I mean, that's fine. It's, it's not, it's not terrible. They look, uh, they look okay. Uh, the worst bit of the CGI is the one we already knew was going to be bad because we saw preview previews of it uh, before the show came out was the Cortana AI model. I, I, how did they make the worst possible iteration of the Cortana AI model? Like, come on, bro, it's Cortana. Just, just spend a little bit more and make a better model. Like, I, uh, it's not this. You know, given how bad this Cortana model is, I'm actually surprised they didn't take our joke up and start talking about a little bit of Wi-Fi here and all of the Windows setup shit. I feel like Microsoft would have vetoed that if they tried to do that, I think. Uh, but yeah, he, I mean, Cortana's like voice actress, uh, it's the same one as the one from the one from the games. I forget her name, by the way. I'm sorry, but I don't remember her name. Um, 
So it sounds, she sounds great. Like she sounds good. I, I like how, like, I mean, she sounds like, like she loves it again. So it's, it's, it's great. But, but the, the look is a little bit, she looks like the, uh, she looks more similar to the weapon for, uh, AI, weapon ver, AI in Halo Infinite's campaign. Don't you think like she looks more similar to that style of like AI model design, right? Like that, then, then these cases, then the design from like Halo one, two through like four, right? Uh, no, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it it's a different style of design. It, it doesn't just because CGI quality is not particularly good in this in this show. It just makes it look worse as well. Uh, so not great CGI. Uh, what else? Are, what else? You, you had a line that you wanted to talk about. I'm going to let you talk about that because I think it's I think it's good that you can talk about that one. Talk about that. I I was um watching the latest episode and. There's one line where, where Chief's in a fight scene, which is great, you know, that was well choreographed. But then he runs out of ammo and all you hear is Cortana say, Chief, switch to your secondary. And then Chief's like, I know, I've I played the game or I've, I know this game. I played this game before. <laughs> yeah, I played this game before. And I just sat there. I had to roll the episode back, pause it, listen it to it again and be like, God fucking damn it. Why? Why would they do that? I this, I feel like at this point, the writers are doing it on purpose. Like, this has got to be like, you cannot think this is good. You're just doing it because it's corny and you think it's, you think the corniness is, is funny. Because there was a line before that where, uh, what Chief like tells Cortana to shut up, right? And then he's like, uh, I can't hear myself think, right? And then, and then she's like, uh, not a lot going on in there anyways, right? Like that line. That that line was actually genuinely like funny. Like that was a witty, like like actually a good, well written, funny like repartee between the chief and and Cortana. Like that's good. That's that was a well written line. That was the only good line uh, in in the in the TV show. Uh, the, this episode specifically. Uh, speaking of fight scenes, how do you feel about the first person? views from the visor where they show the weapon and the shield bar recharging sound like i i know they're making a reference to the games but i don't think they need to show that visually in that specific way for people to get that there's somebody's shield is down and they need to recharge it like i feel like you could do that a little bit less janky i i, I don't know how to like it's it seems every time they do it, they do a very shortcut of it, which which implies to me that they don't want to focus on it too much because it probably looks bad, like CGI wise or whatever. And I just think they should just not do it. Just, just there's no need to do that. Like I, I don't I don't know if people need to see Master Chief fire a plasma pistol in first person. Like I I don't know what that adds to the show. To be honest, I I really don't. Like I, I don't know if I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but it's it's like it's, I'm indifferent on it. Honestly, like I, I understand the complaints. It doesn't bother me as much, but I know for some folks, especially because it is a little bit cheaper on the CGI side, it can be bothersome. Yeah, I mean the weapons themselves look fine too. Like uh, you know, fair amount of covenant weapons shown in this uh, in this last episode. We saw a lot of banshees, right? We saw a lot of oh, bro, this, bro the the seed where. Uh, but this this scene was actually really good, where the chief jumps onto a banshee and then crashes it into uh what is it called one of those like smaller covenant ships right it's not a like a full it's, it's one of those like troop carrier ships like I forget what the covenant name for it is uh yeah some kind of covenant carrier though covenant carrier like he just fucking torpedoes that shit like straight into it. and then he comes out of the dust looking all cool as fuck right i think that scene was well executed good job everybody great great scene very very good i love it um the quan story angle with quan and soren story angle i see what they're trying to do with the story angle but i'm not like it's it just seems a bit of a it, it felt like it lost steam really quick uh, I, I, I don't know. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's going particular, any particular interesting direction. Yes. I, I, I'm not positive on the show for sure, but you know, I'm going to keep watching because I, uh, apparently I want to watch this train wreck happen in real time. So 
So there's my. Yeah, you just want to be. You just want to be in uh, in pain. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you you watching bad anime. Like you know, like it's 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 whatever. Like we just do it because apparently we hate ourselves or something. Uh, so that's Halo. I think that's enough Halo talk and enough talk for this episode. I think we somehow managed to go for an hour, which is impressive. I, I didn't think we would go for an hour, but we did. Uh, so let's wrap up. Uh, as always, all the show notes with all the links on twoshadesofbrown.com. You can email us, contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. Uh, send us feedback, uh, I don't know, over like, I don't know, Home Assistant stuff, uh, Halo stuff, if you have any thoughts on Halo. Uh, let us know. I would always love to hear people's thoughts on Halo. I love talking about Halo with other people. Uh, you can find me on, on Mastodon at PacketCat at 10forward.social and on website sodicsafe.com. And just uh, where do where do people find you on, on the internet? Yeah, so um, we supposedly should have a Love Live corner, but... Uh, Crunchyroll's broken in Safari, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I can't log in on iOS or um, on, on my Mac. Oh the my only God. place I can log in right now is my Xbox, and I'm not I'm not watching anime on the Xbox. Um, so you know, um, honestly, I just I canceled my Crunchyroll subscription. It doesn't matter. I only pay for it once every six months. It's probably why I got banned. To be honest, <laughs> because basically what happens is, and, and I'm not saying you should do this, and I I didn't purposely do this. If any feds are listening, it's not purposeful. But you'd pay for a month of it through the app store and then Crunchyroll's website never updated with the billing so I thought I was still paying for a premium I feel bad after a couple months pay for it again and then be like ah, I'm done with this and then just kind of yeah so I imagine my account's probably been disabled I mean given I could sign on the Xbox maybe not who knows but um yeah I'm, uh, give, send me TV show recommendations actually if like on Peacock because Peacock's only five bucks so I decided I'll try it out for a month see what's on there yeah if you have TV, I would love to hear some TV recommendations as well if you have some if you have some TV recommendations I'm um, um, Please don't say the expanse or I'll ban you. But yeah, you can find me online hey, at chosenfine at chitter.xyz, chosenfine on Twitter, and my website, chosenfine.website. And until next time, fuck the expanse. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>